Hello everyone and welcome to the 8th episode of the Kent Non-League Football Podcast with me, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. Um, bit of an odd one this week, I've had a few things going on away from here but this isn't a podcast about me. However, we haven't got any guests with us today so unfortunately you're going to have to listen to me and Matt prattling on for the duration of the show today which uh, I do humbly apologise for. Also to make things even better, much like Matt a few weeks ago, I've had three hours sleep thanks to Gatwick Airport and I've got a bit of a cold so uh, I'm on top of the world at the moment. Matt, are are you any better than I am? I'm looking down on creation, yeah, so I'm fine at the moment there. Yeah, the voice is handed out. I haven't, I haven't had the flu jab yet, but the missus said I should go and have one, so um, that's the next thing, I think, and it's stopped the old lurgy coming. Well, I suppose, especially when you're going to be talking for Radio Kent on the weekend, you need to have your, your, your tools as, as good as they can be, don't you? Well, yeah, well, it's, it's, it will start getting cold soon as well, so out come the long johns and such like that. It's quite nice at the moment, still going the shorts, but in October, November time, you have to be wrapped up, particularly at Cravel, because it is Ice Station Cravel, as somebody uh, nicknamed it a few years ago, the coldest place in the world. So, yeah, so I've got to be fighting fit for that. I've covered some some places where it's been really cold, and I must admit, Ramsgate's freezing cold in August. So you know, you go you go through the winter there, and you're thinking, "Wow, this is not good at all." So um, no, no, because I'm lucky I'm in a lucky position, so I shouldn't mind. But it, it will get cold, yeah. <laughs> Well, there you go. So, I mean, uh, obviously the FA Cup last week, you said we were probably going to lose more than, the, than we had through. And, and sadly, you were right. Um, there, there were some real highs and lows for our teams in the FA Cup. And, you know, I mean, special word for Phoenix Sports. They got through on Tuesday night. Penalties was probably the only person at Alicante Airport who was um, following Twitter penalty by penalty as Glebe and Phoenix took on that penalty shootout. Um, great effort from Glebe to, to get a replay and then to come from behind to take it to extra time and ultimately penalties. And I've seen the last penalty on, on a video and, and he, he rattles the crossbar, the, the fella. Um, but a, a great cut one for Glebe, but Phoenix Sports, they're through now. They've got a tough tie next up, but great for them to reach this stage of the cup, Matt. Well, I think it's the first time ever they've done it and it's a fantastic achievement. I feel sorry for Glebe. You don't want to sorry, sorry, get to that level and lose in a penalty shootout. But Phoenix have done absolutely fantastic to get through that far. And as you said before, when you get each round, you're now looking over that edge and what, what they can do. Is it Enfield they've got, isn't it? Something like that? It is Enfield, yeah. Enfield won 5-0 yeah. in their replay last night. So they've sort of moved through. Moved through and and that, I mean, that's going to be a tough game for them. But it's one they can go there with no fear, I think. Well, yeah, Enfield, back in the day, we were, were, with Barnett, we were the biggest non-league side. So, again, there's been a lot on it because Enfield will want to get to the first round or at least the fourth, fourth qualifying round as well. So, yeah, they've gone this far. They've got nothing to fear, have they? But I'm sure they've any ambitions at the start of the season, they've probably surpassed them in the FA Cup because I'm absolutely delighted for them. Yeah, and, and obviously Thamesby, we, we spoke a lot about them. We spoke to Tommy Warrillow, and by all accounts, on Sunday they were unlucky not to not to beat Billericay on Sunday. It, I, I saw some video footage, some some great saves from former Jills and um, Bromley keeper Alan Julian there kept Billericay in the cup, and then it just proved to be one step too far on Tuesday night. Billericay found their shooting boots, one five nil. Even had another former Bromley man, Rob Swain, sent off, conceded a penalty, and Thamesby blasted the penalty over. Such a disappointment for, for Tommy Worrell, I'd imagine, especially after how well they performed on Sunday. But on the flip side, that extra money they'll have got in from that replay is going to be a massive boost for them. Yeah, when I, when I saw it, you know, looking at it on Sunday afternoon, you think, one all, and down to ten men, and they were creating chances. And I think, is this going to be the shock? This is going to be the shock. Alan Julian's a decent goalkeeper, so Billericay have, have got a, a good one there. And you, you think when the final whistle goes, maybe that's Thamesmead chance gone and 5-0 and, and a missed penalty later yeah 
Tommy Warren and I would be disappointed with that, but he's got to take the positives from that first game when they really, really pushed them. And I think from the reports I got as well that they were really unlucky not to knock them out. But unfortunately, Bill Ricky get through to the next round. <laughs> Julian made an absolutely brilliant double save, actually, yeah. quite near the end. I'll dig it out. I saw it on Twitter. Um, I'll dig it out and I'll retweet it from uh, at Kent NL Podcast later on. Um, really, intru- really unlucky for Thamesmead and, and you know such a shame for Tommy Warlow. But that they can build on that and and hopefully that'll be the, the springboard for them. You know we we did talk about them last week, but they're, they've got potential there at Thamesmead. They obviously want to get some money in and and a little bit of extra prestige from that tie, and that now they can go and they can go into the, the rest of the league campaign with their heads held high, can't they? Yeah, and I think they got a bit of respect from Billericke as well. I think um, from that point of view, how they, um, you know, re- uh, reacted to the conditions of the game, and also how the way portrayed portrayed themselves as a club. So I think they can take definite positives from that. You know, the five nil drubbing is going to hurt for a while, but I'm sure Tommy Warren will use that to his advantages as the season goes on. As what we can achieve in in one off games, particularly in the first game. Yeah, and we'll look at more teams who, who've unfortunately bowed out. I mean, Tunbridge Wells, they went down at Concord. Um, Ramsgate, they lost 7-0 at Chelmsford. It was one of those I was say, I've been, I've been out, out and about this week and um, I, I managed to get on my phone at about quarter to five on, uh, on Saturday. And when I got my phone out, I thought to myself, in my head I had Ramsgate have either nicked this or they've got an absolute walloping. Unfortunately, it was the latter. Um, a 7-0 defeat. It's a tough time for Lloyd Blackman. I mean, he's a rookie manager. He's, he's 33 years old. They've only got one league win. Um, Ramsgate have, have advertised for a first-team coach. They're looking to bring someone in to help Lloyd Blackman, which is a very sensible thing to do. And, you know, I, I get the impression that they, they view Lloyd Blackman as being in it for the long haul. But it, it's a tough time when, you, when you're an inexperienced manager, as he is, and, and you've got a team that have only got three points in the league. That they've, they've lost 7-0 at the weekend. It, it's going to take some picking up for them for this weekend, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. You know, I didn't fancy Ramsgate at all in this game. When you look at the goal scorers for, uh, for Chelmsford, you've got Chris Dixon, of course, who did a spell at Gillingham and, and Charlton and abroad, scored in the Champions League, I think he has. Tom Hitchcock, um, you know, he's scored a hat-trick in the Football League when he when he was the next big thing from that. So it's always going to be tough there. Yeah, they are struggling. Um, Lloyd Blackman's had a decent career. He knows his level. And I think he's got to bring some more experience in. I think he's alluded to that in a couple of articles as well. So, yeah, it's a a blow. I think they held out to about the 40th minute as well. Then the floodgates really opened. But I did think it was a game too far for them. And they've just got to move on from that point of view. And they've got to move up the table fast. Because, you know, you say... You mentioned the lowly league points they've got there. They need to turn that around and fast, really. Obviously, I'm much more romantic when it comes to FA Cup upsets than you are, Matt, because I was just thinking, somewhere in my heart of hearts, come on the Rams. But uh, I, I, I now realise that that was really rather foolish. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think Chelmsford budget is probably maybe even bottom end of the National League. So, they, you know, Chelmsford could be a big club if they... Um, in the National League there's a big um, catchment area around there I think they've got a decent manager in Stringer and that was a it, it, that was a step too far for it was it was a horrible tie for them really because um, they want to hide into nothing and that's what unfortunately they got yeah um, Faversham also went out they they lost 4-0 at, at Wealdstone and a shock result for Wellin I mean that they went down at home to Haringey Borough um, such a shame for them because they were in such good form but then they go out in, of the FA Cup at home to a team two leagues below them and even worse, on Monday when the draw came out, a winnable home tie in the next round against another team at that level or even two leagues below that. That's a real missed opportunity for Welling, and I'm sure Jamie Coyle will be really disappointed by that one. 
yeah, I missed the penalty again from the reports I got from that. Harangay were quite physical and, and Welling didn't sort of deal with that sort of um, uh, contest in there. Got back into the game, then missed a penalty, then conceded a penalty themselves. And uh, apparently, the uh, well, you'll be able to pronounce him better. The Harringay goalkeeper is the um, Padgett, who played for, for uh, Margate last season. He's the Harringay Borough number one, and he would be as was inconsistent, but sometimes he could pull off some world class saves, and he saved the penalty as well. So look at a, a link back there, but they'll be absolutely gutted about that wedding because a cup run can help it in as I said before I don't think it's really helpful them constantly bringing in players losing players etc like that maybe a cup run maybe would have cracked you know would have given them something to work on from that point of view but they've got to go again Welling but it'd be really disappointing because normally Welling are a good FA Cup side they are, yeah. I mean, there were no such issues for Dartford. They they got through in Folkestone as well. Um, tricky tie for Dartford next up at, at Needham Market. That's, that's not really a, the, the sort of tie they would have wanted. In Victor, though, they've got a chance at home to Aylesbury. Ch- a chance to go, to go through for Folkestone. But tie of the round for us in in, in the next round. Margate against Turn Bay. Um, brilliant tie. On social media, Margate was saying to their fans, who do you want in the next round? And many of them were saying, Turn Bay, please. That would be a great tie. And and it will be Hanbay winners at Horsham on Saturday. Margate snuck for, well, didn't sneak through. They they did well apparently at Kings Langley, one 0 victors. And it's going to be a great tie. One one of them's going to go through. We're guaranteed another Kent side to join the four national league sides in that fourth qualifying round. I'm starting to dream of a first round proper tie here, Matt. Yeah, I, th- I think Margate will be absolutely delighted with that. Home Bay have uh, a great result against Horsham. I, I fancy them to get something from there. You know, 5-2 five, five, is an absolutely fantastic um, result. Um, I'm say Horsham have got problems, but Home Bay have been a good... They score goals, which is good to see. And uh, John Embry's come in, and also Jermaine Darlington, who's had a decent league career, have come in, and, and they're willing to blood the youth team players, and that seemed to work from there. And they've got nothing to fear against Margate, of course. I know they've played each other in the Kent Senior Cup, and Margate went one through on that, but it, that doesn't really mean anything. But I'm sure the Herne Bay faithful will travel down the hearts, down Parker, that should be a, a real cup game. And that's what the FA Cup's all about, a, a clash like that. Going back to the other sides, you lost Faversham and Tunbridge to uh, Tunbridge Wells. They... Um, both conceded early on and then they really recovered, did they? So Concord have been struggling a bit. But once you're 2-0 down after 15, 20 minutes, it's a real, um, against the level that's a couple of levels above, it's always going to be tough tough for them. It certainly is. And looking at that Herne Bay Margate game, again, you mentioned Herne Bay scored goals, had a cracking win on Tuesday night at Hastings in the league as well. They're eighth in the table, they've got games in hand on almost everyone above them and, and they've surpassed a lot of expectations. But Margate... You know, they've won six in a row in all competitions at the moment. I mean, granted, they've had a, a League Cup game and a Kent Senior Cup game in that. But things are, are high. And, and, you know, you look at people like Alistair Bayliss on Twitter and Ryan Day, who obviously I know very well and you know you know well as well. You know, they're saying that, that everything's feeling really positive at the moment. And they're building the right way, finally, Margate. And, and they, they would love nothing more than to get into the first round of the FA Cup, would they? Yeah, we saw that um, how important it was from last year when they got to the fourth, qual- fourth qualifying round, had a replay at home. They put Forest Green the previous year, but this time last year they thought it was going to be the time because that had been they worked out it was about fifty thousand pounds because they got Northampton away. They could get from that. They lost it, but this time I think um, it would add to the feel good factor around Margate if they can get to the first round from that point of view. But no, again. I think it could be a flip of a coin game that against Herne Bay as well. So that's not a gimme for Margate. They need to. Um, Look into that. Margaret don't concede their goals, home base score goals. So, yeah, it should be a real lively tie, that one. 
yeah, I'm definitely going to try and get down there um, a week on Saturday. So I'll, I'll be really looking forward to that, and we'll discuss that at, at length, no doubt, next week. Um, obviously, the, the added impetus this year of the BBC and what tie they're going to show. Um, you te- you sent me a message straight away after the draw saying South Shields against York. Now, while I agree with that idea in principle, I'm going to do two things that are going to knock that one for you. They've already shown South Shields uh, in an earlier round. And, oh, good point. And in all the ties they've shown so far, all but one have been in the northern half of the draw. So the only one they've done so far was the Billericay game, which, which we obviously discussed in the past. However, I'd have looked down the southern side of the draw because I thought I'm going to come up with a brilliant prediction for this. And I looked and I thought, yeah, I can't really see anything. Brackley against Braintree is probably as exciting as it gets. Um, I mean, obviously Brackley, who, who Gillingham fans will be be aware of, and Braintree, who were uh, where the Cowleys continued their revolution after leaving Concord. But I, I, I can't see it. I, I think South Shields, York, or maybe just maybe Stockport against FC United, and, and the BBC will be will be looking northwards again. I think. Well, I only think of because apparently South Shields are the FA Vars holders. And York are the FA Trophy holders, and apparently this is the first time these sides would meet in the FA Cup when they've done it. So that's a little bit of fact that you can work with. Well, no reason why Margate Home Bay, Seaside Derby, there, that's something that could appeal to the um, to the BBC as well. Margate on the artificial surface so adds something else to it. Um, I thought it would be announced soon, but you never know. That could be on Margate v Home Bay. It could be, and obviously South Shields just just on them, million miles away from Kent, and I do apologise for bringing up, but uh, Julio Arca plays for them, uh, the former Middlesbrough and, and Sunderland hero, and I've got a really funny story about Julio Arca when I was at university with one of my mates who's a Sunderland fan, but um, he's, he's been a great player, and obviously he's, he's now giving a lot back to, to football in the North East, so that may be a tie that they will look down, but anyway... We don't, we're not here to talk about South Shields, we're here to talk about the South East, Kent. And uh, let's talk about the National League, where Dover moved back to level on points at the top of the table after a 4-0 win at home to Chester. Matt, tell me about that game. Uh, it was an interesting game. Uh, Chester, of course, didn't have a manager. They've got a manager now. Marcus Bignett's been appointed today. Um, Dover, quite happy to let Chester have the ball throughout the game. Um, Chester didn't really hurt them at all. They had a big, strapping central defender, who needed a bigger shirt you said in the commentary at that point of view David let him have the ball out but he was never going to hurt them then they conceded a, a silly goal from a set piece um, Chester good Gallifuco with his second goal three out of six yards out then again David quite happy to let Chester have the ball let the ball weren't really hurt them David hit him on the counter attack a couple of substitutions as well then David went into a second gear in the last half an hour scoring three goals so um, yeah I, I, Chris Kinnear knows how to work it out. Again, Chester couldn't really handle that when Show Silver came on for Dover, adding a little bit of different dimension to Bird and Dover ran right. Could have been five or six at the end, but it's a good bounce back performance from when they lost to Bournemouth on the Tuesday. So, and up to second in the league, but I don't really think it means too much when you think that the, now the top uh, top 13 are all separated by four points. But um, after 11 games, um, you know, David will be happy they're in second place. And a, another stat for you: apparently, this is the first time in the history of the conference, which is I think 1979, they went up. It's the first time after 11 games that no sides won seven games out of those 11. So you can really see that um, how tight it's going to be. And we saw Maidstone; they progressed up the table as well with after another cracking win for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, another Cheshire against Kent clash there. Maidstone going up to Macclesfield and winning 4-1. I mean, that, that's really impressive. They, they started slowly, but now they're up to seventh. And Zavon Hines is in great form. He's got four goals, I think, in six. And he's helping fire Maidstone. That they, they 
you know, we, we've discussed before, they need someone to stick the ball in the back of the net. He's got good pedigree, the boy Hines, obviously being at uh, West Ham as a youngster. Played a few games for them. And if and if he can keep on scoring like that, then there's no reason why Maidstone can't really be a threat this year. Yeah, I think he played in England on a 21. He's picked up four bookings in his six games as well. So, I show there's a bit of fire in his belly. Yeah, good goals. That's a great result against Macclesfield. Macclesfield, always one of these sides who will be in the top half of the table. Not many sides go there and get a result, particularly by four goals to one. And you can see the confidence going through um, Maystone from that. From, from a Hines point of view, Maystone had um, Jamal Loza last season. He's been injured all this season. And I thought he really helped them. Um, after extra bit of quality and attack in the second half of the season when he was playing, so and when he was out, I was a little bit concerned for them. But Zavon Hines, well, he's only 28, I think, still now. So he's got a bit of pedigree. Played League One, I think, for Southend last season, and he's got the ground running and he's got that little bit of spark. A lot of those goals have come from outside the box. We um, we can finish as well. So yeah, good signing for them. So few of the Maystone supporters saying they're getting nosebleed territory but it's well deserved they're solid at the back and now they've got somebody to score goals so a really um, good result for, for Maystone and games this weekend you know they, they could be uh, riding higher uh, come uh, 5 o'clock on Saturday as well uh, and again that will raise the whole 3G issue and, and talking of teams who play on 3Gs Bromley they're back on track they're up to 6 beat Solihull more at the weekend um, you know they've obviously had a bit of a blip but they can only beat what's in front of them Solihull Moors came down to, to Hayes Lane, were beaten 1-0, uh, uh, and that's that. So Bromley, they'll be positive again after, after a bit of a lull, won't they? Yeah, well, you think about it, this is such a tight division. I think they went four games without picking up two points, I think it was, Bromley. and But they're still in sixth place, just two points off the top. So it shows this division, I said it before, I think it maybe opens up one of these teams like the Tranmere's, the Late Noise, even the Hartlepools, who would have been out of, out of it if if you'd had a, a bigger side winning games. So it's such a tight division. But yeah, probably good at home as well. I think only one defeat, and that was against Sutton, who also played on the 3G. So you look at that, yeah, I think Neil Smith will absolutely delighted. And again, the only one that's letting the Kent side down is absolutely at the moment. So um, and again, But that was a good point. If you'd offered them a point against Tranmere before the start of the season at home, they'd probably taken it. But the run they've been on, they'd be disappointed not to pick up. Not to, They need to turn those draws into wins. I think I think I did read that um, Ebbsfleet were, were pretty good on Saturday, but they just couldn't get that winning goal, that decisive moment. A, a lot of the things on social media, we know Tranmere will be the happier, much happier side with a point there. But ultimately, Ebbsfleet have got to start winning, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe they're going to have to look into the transfer market to just see if there's any players out there that can really improve them. Yeah. The- I think Darren McMahon made some interesting points. So, you know, the fans expect them to beat Tramman when they're down to 10 men with 40 odd, 40 odd minutes to play. But he, he was saying, but we're absolute from the Conference South, a lower league, you know, we're a smaller club. You know, Epsi's because they've got some money, people aren't going to see them as a smaller club because they can go out and spend money on that. And the consensus being from the supporters I'm reading or talking to and hearing about is that they need a striker. Um, down uh, McQueen. Uh, struggled Danny Mills who I rate struggled hasn't scored and you've got Danny Kebwell who ran his heart out but he's not the youngest but they need a, a proven goal scorer they're not conceded that many absolutely it's just the scoring goals particularly from a striking point of view so yeah I think some of the Epsi fans are a little bit unhappy how it's gone but there is expectation there because of the money they've spent and the players they've brought in the summer We've got a tough game this week at Boreham Wood a side that you, you were impressed by last week when you saw them yeah, I think um, they've got some good players there. Um, good manager, good um, players proven at this level, but they've lost the maidenhead as well. So that shows um, from that point of view. But it's a tough, um, lovely surface there because Arsenal uh, ladies play there at um, Bournemouth. But uh, yeah, but 
you know, stranger thing. Everybody will be tipping probably Bournemouth to win that game, but maybe absolutely can get, get, get kick their start and get going against a, a conference, another fellow conference South side. If you look at it in that way, that that was a conference South figure, conference South fixture a couple of years ago. So maybe uh, they'll be more used to Bournemouth what they can handle, and maybe their extra quality to break them down. But again, they're only nine points off the top anyway, so or eight points off the top. Absolutely. So it's not all doom and gloom there. I think just the fans uh, would, would like a few points. And as Chris Kinnear said in the interview on Saturday, he goes, oh, sometimes, you know, you look at two wins and a defeat is better than three draws, isn't it? So um, maybe you have to gamble a little bit from that point of view. But yeah, I'm sure they'll still be fine. But maybe yeah, they need to strengthen an attacking sense. Yeah, and also, obviously, on Saturday, Maidstone are at home to Gateshead. Um, Dover up at Geisley. Now, Geisley have stopped the rot a bit. They've drawn their last three. So... It's a tricky place to go, but it's one of those ones where normally you'd think a Kinnear side will roll their sleeves up and get something up there. Yeah, it's it's um, uh, a place that they've done quite well over the last couple of seasons. Um, to be, I think Ricky Miller was did his biting up there when Dover won. So um, I think they won two one. I think last season. So. Um, yeah, but Paul Cox knows what he's doing. He's already played against David when he was manager of Barrow earlier this campaign. So the thing is, we've seen these fixtures that they were expected to win. They weren't expected to win it. Aldershot weren't expected to win it against Tranmere. They're expected to win against Geisley, and that's where it goes wrong. So they've just got to roll the sleeves up. And um, with three, the next three after that, they've got Torquay and Solihull to come up as well. Three out of the next four games against sides at the wrong end of the table. And if they want to put a run together, they've got to get three points against these sort of sides. And Bromley are up at Halifax. So I, I was thinking about this. Why don't Dover and Bromley just hire some sort of double-decker coach, um, start off at Dover, stop off at Bromley, then drop Bromley off at Halifax, and then take you all up to guys? It'd be much more sensible, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, anyway. that's the National League for you, isn't it? These, these there. It's a tough game for, for Bromley as well. Um... Uh, against Halifax I think they lost a couple of last season or a couple of seasons ago when they played I think they were winning with a minute to go or, uh, and it was a crazy game up there but Halifax surprise side were riding high um, second and they've gone down to eighth so um, that's a tough place to go but I think Neil Smith's got them organised and they can pick up at least a point up there Yeah and, and talking of long trips uh, Dartford in the National League South they're at uh, Western Supermare at the, at the weekend and Welling are off to Haven at Waterlooville so Tough, tough away games for both of them, but I think Dartford will be confident Western are down the bottom. But having covered teams who've played against Western Supermare, that for some reason Western Supermare are always quite tricky, no matter where their league position is. They, that they obviously have, they're the only sort of team of that level for many miles between Western and Bath, and then I mean, then you're looking down at sort of Truro. So it's going to be. A, a game that Darfur will be expecting to win, but I just can't help this nagging feeling that it's not going to be as easy as people might think. No, I think Western have pretty uh, um, struggled a bit consistency-wise this season. So, but again, it's one of those. If you want to stay top of the league, you've got to go there and grind it out because you know the conditions won't be good. But Darford have seemed to have got that winning mentality this season, and like coming back from behind on Saturday in the FA Cup, they should have enough from that point of view game what's more important to them they want to rest a few players because we've got the FA Cup the following week as well but they've got you know I've always criticised them for not scoring enough goals but Elliot Bradbrook with another hat-trick at the weekend they're, they're the goal-scoring kings of Kent at the moment uh, Darfin so uh, but yeah it's a tough place to go but uh, if they want to be at the right end of the table go for automatic they need to be winning be winning those sides well Wellinger haven't haven't um, you know, promoted last season, promoted for after a terrible season the year before, doing really well. Big budget down there, Jason Pryor, decent striker. But again, well in. Um, they should have enough uh, to do something there. But again, it's the confidence being rocked from going out of the cup. 
Well, it, it, exactly. And I mean, having to, a, a lovely little ground, actually. I went down there on a, on a Monday night when I was covering Chelmsford many years ago. The game that ended up being involved in some sort of match fixing, which was absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. It was. I've, I've never heard anything like it in all my days that when I got an email saying that they were investigating that game for spot fixing. Because uh, Chelmsford had lost the previous games 5 6-0, 5-0, 4-0. They lost 3-0. And, and <laughs> I spoke to the guy who was caretaker manager at the time and he said to me, well... I don't think they were trying to lose. They just weren't very good. So, But um, it's, it's a nice place to, to, to watch football at that level, haven't. But I think that's going to be a tough one for Welling. And like you say, their confidence is going to have been knocked by going out of the cup. But they can, they're, they're still a work in progress. You know, they've got a young manager. They've got young people involved in the club there. And, and they'll be fine this year. They just need to just, just keep picking up the points, I think. Yeah, uh, I think well in maybe last season when they got first season relegated from the National League, people thought they should bounce back up. But only when Jamie Day sort of came back in for his spell, um, the results turned around from that point of view. They need a settled side, I think, Welling from that point of view. Um, they just haven't too many players coming and going from that from there and going out of the cup again. It'll do wonders for the conference if they get something against Haven, because I think Haven will be one of the sides in the playoffs this season. I think uh, they they could they they've had their dip going that back going down a level. Maybe he's kicked kick the back kick back the backside a little bit, and uh, I think the players they've got yeah tough game, but Welling need to start grinding out results. This is the kind of season where the the pitches will, you know the weather's starting to turn a little bit. This is where the the characters in the Welling side, um, the Sean Francis, the Jack Parkinson, people like that can um, really show their metal. They played at a higher level, and they need to help the young side grow. Yeah, and, and we'll move on to the, the Devon Bostick Premier League. Um, Tom and Angels have had a couple of weeks off now after their their poor run of form. They're away to Burgess Hill, who won beaten at home. Um, Folkestone are at home to Hendon, who are second, and Margate are at home to Harrow Borough, who are fifth. So, tough tough games for all three of those teams on Saturday. Yeah, I think Margate is a good test for them, Margate, from that point of view. So, we haven't conceded many goals recently. Of course, they won at Worthing, and Worthing are in free fall from there. So, need to do it in front of their own fans. I know they got through in the Velocity Cup last night. Um, uh, so, that'll be pleasing for the 3G sponsors in that, the 3G side one. Um, again, maybe the priorities for them will be the FA Cups, and will they rest a few of their bigger names ahead of that? But, again, I think Margate have got enough to get in the playoffs this season. Um so yeah, I think they'll be pleased with their start. Not conceding goals is an absolute dream, and Lenny Pitchley is a decent goalkeeper, and, he, and he's earning his corn. Folks that against Hendon, folks in the game, I think they'll be pleased with their start. FA Cup um, will maybe try to mill around the edge of the playoffs if they can get a run. But Neil Cuckley always sides are uh, organised, and uh, he knows what he's doing at this level. Well, Tunbridge, they need to pick up some results, don't they? Um, real disappointing week. Maybe the the week off will do them good. Work on a few extra bits in training, but um, I think uh, again. Out of all the Ken sides, as I said before, I think Tunbridge will probably be the, the most disappointing for the season, the start they've had this season. And of course, Harrow Bar at home for, for Margate was, was the FA Cup replay where, where the whole squad went after last year. So, um, most of the play, it won't mean anything to the players really, but I guess the fans would, would certainly love it. And well supported club Margate. I mean, they had 600 for their last home league game, um, which was, I mean, granted, it was on Bank Holiday Monday, but. You know, it is a it is a club where if they're getting the results, they can get people in in, in through the gates, and and they can really push on. But that that's that's what they need, and, and a good result this weekend will will set people up nicely for for the cup game next weekend. Yeah, they seem to be branching out a bit more to the um, the community as well, Margate, because maybe that when the previous owners they weren't really too interested in the supporters because they had the money into to bankroll the club. But this is a bit more that Alistair Bayliss and the other directors have sort of branching out to the fans we're in this together they've got that Twitter handle so um, yeah I think uh, Margate are, 
have realised maybe they've sort of alienated their supporters or not sort of gone to them a bit for and a bit more now that they're there. And of course, successful winning football matches always helps that relationship between the fans. Yeah, and, and all, all three of those teams also have game next midweek as well. Uh, Angels at home to Dorking. They'll be glad to be back at Longmead. Um, Folkestone are at Tooting, who, who they beat in the cup on Saturday. And Margate got a tricky one at, at Leatherhead on Wednesday night. So, um, you know... Again, you're thinking about this. You know, the Ryman, well, Devon Bostick's not really helping their sides when you've when you got a midweek game before they fake up their qualifying round tie. Because surely they want as many as the Devon Bostick sides to get to the fourth qualifying round surely they could sort out the fixtures beforehand that, that, that three days before that the, the FA Cup they played a midweek group of fixtures so just a, a little bit of gripe from that I'm sure a lot of the managers who are still in the FA Cup really don't want to be playing that they don't want any injuries particularly Margate of course because they'll be playing on a Wednesday before the Saturday as well so there'll be a, less time to recover on that point of view but you know, surely Devon Bostick have a think about that because they, you know it's, it's Good for that because the competition as many sides can get to the fourth qualifying round as they can. I think there is a rule later on if they get through to the to maybe the fourth, but certainly if they get into the the first round, then they can if they have got a midweek game, they can call it off beforehand. But you're absolutely right because especially Margate, and, and I also feel sorry for the Margate fans. We've discussed before briefly that they've got to go to Dorking on uh, Boxing Day, Leatherheads as far as Dorking, and they've got to go there on a Wednesday night. I mean. I'm pretty sure that you're not going to be able to get a train home after that game, back to Margate. So it's it's putting a lot on those fans who want to travel to watch their team play at Leatherhead, but they're, they're going to have to get the coach or go off their own steam because of the, of the scheduling. And again, it it just doesn't seem to make any sense. That game doesn't need to be played this this next midweek. That can be played much later in the season on a Saturday, so the Margate fans can can travel as they wish to and 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 not be home at. God knows when. I mean, obviously, a lot of the Margate players don't live down that way. But if you're if you're at that game, finish at half past nine, it's going to take an hour and a half at least to get home. You're a Margate fan. You're not going to be getting home till eleven, half eleven, and then most of them are going to have work the next morning as well. It just doesn't seem fair on those supporters. No, and I think and I think Leatherhead's a game that they wanted to. A lot of many fans would like to go to because of the connection with Sammy Moore and the players that he's brought in from that point of view. So, but it, as I said before, I don't know who does the Devon Bostick fixtures, but really they should uh, have a, a stern talking to. Um, you mentioned there the uh, Velocity Trophy. Um, one game that stood out there for me last night was uh, VCD against Folkestone, which was called off due to a floodlight failure, um, which isn't good. Margate, as you said, went through. Um, Hyde won at Faversham, and there, but there were some. Absolutely stupid results in that competition over the over the oh, on Tuesday night. Leatherhead lost five 0 at Chipstead, the division below, and uh, Shoreham, who were bottom of the league in in the south, beat Worthing four one. I mean, it, it, it's people. Uh, funny enough, I've got Sky Sports News on in front of me now, and I'm watching teams they're talking about the League Cup and and teams who've who've rested players. The same thing is happening in the Ryman League or the Bo- Devon Bostick League, where these teams haven't even got any strength in depth in the slightest. And it just this competition we've we've discussed it before. It it just seems a bit daft. And you know Leatherhead there, they've obviously decided. Well, the FA Cup and the league are much more important. Let's not bother. Yeah, they lost five 0 to Chipstead, but are they going to have woken up this morning thinking, oh no, we're out of the cup? No, they're not. have done. No, yeah, well, we said it before. If it's a competition that, if it's got any legs, it should go on later in the season again. Um, maybe after Christmas competition, at that point of view, you've probably only got to win what five games or four games you can get into the um, into the final from that point of view. And uh, certain sides who maybe not be uh, doing too well in the league 
can do a little bit better in the in the cup after Christmas. Yeah, again, it's poor arrangement of fixtures. I think it's, again, Sammy Moore's got bigger fish to fry for than the Velocity Cup. Um, he, he can see the FA Cup's big, and you know he's got a chance to catch Billericay at the top of the table. So no wonder he's probably played his youth team in those games. No, I mean looking into into the Bostick South, you've got um, Ashford went down one 0 at Hyde on on um, on Saturday. It, only a couple of games that really concerned us on Saturday. City Morn beat VCD to continue their good form. Um, but Hyde really seem to have, have, have found their stride and they'll be confident they can push on this week. Um, they've got, uh, they're at home to Faversham on Tuesday night. Um, you know, and, and, and who, they beat on, who they beat last week in the Cup. They're, they're, but they've got a tricky game at South Park first on Saturday. So it's, 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 it's interesting, but Hyde, you know, that we've talked about them before, they, they've got a bit of backing, they, they can go places, and now that they've found a bit of form, I think they're a team to watch. Yeah, I think um, the last few seasons they've tried so desperately to get out of the um, that division, haven't they? Um, they've been in the playoffs a few times, and they started the season really poorly, didn't we? we from, the, from that point of view, we thought well, what was going on from them. So, but where are they up to in the league now? Um, they're in ninth place, good at home. It's just the waveforms let them down. So, um, yeah, I think uh, one a good again a clean sheet was probably good because they've conceded a few goals this season as well. Ten in uh, eight games, which is not normally uh, high. This, uh, normally pretty solid at the back. I know there was Craig Cloak in the summer, one of the key players. But yeah, they just got a bit more consistency, particularly away from home. But they played a lot more games than everybody else because, of course, they've got out in the FA Cup pretty early. I did read as well that uh, Dave Cook down down at Hyde has become the club's all-time record appearance holder, and it does just show, doesn't it, that these players can find a club, find a home there, and 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 stick it out. And and you do get that. You you get a lot of players who will follow certain managers around, but you also get the stalwarts who, who stay put, don't you? And, uh, you know, the, off the field, high they're a very well-run club. Um, good directors down there, and you know, again, you can probably see they're always at the right end of the table. So you're always going to be insides that are going to be competitive, which 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 helps around there. You see a lot of players going from high folks to Ashford, but he stayed there, and you know, club legend. I suppose you could probably say that, and he's stuck with them through the, the thick and thin, and hopefully, it could be a bit more successful this season for him. Yeah, and looking at other games this weekend, you've got Ashford at home to struggling Guernsey, and Phoenix go to Carl Shorten. Cray against Herne Bay, uh, Faversham against Corinthian Casuals, City Morn go down to Horsham, Thamesmead against Ramsgate is a bit of a derby match there, and VCD hosts Chipstead, and a few games next midweek as well, um, but also a couple where they've been moved for Velocity Cup games and, and God knows what, and, 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 you know, we're not going to keep going on about it, but you know you know our issues with it. Um, and, and the same, talking of leagues where it's all over the place, we're moving to the, um, the Southern Counties East League. And there's only seven games on Saturday and Tuesday night in in the league. Um, Whitsable had a good win on on uh, on Tuesday night when they beat Canterbury two 0 um, But on Saturday, a lot of the teams were playing in the Kent Senior Trophy. That's on Saturday. Um, I, I just don't understand it. I know Seven Oaks had a good win at Deal, and apparently they played well. But I I I, I I'm lost for words. I, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> look at the fixtures and say why aren't these teams playing league games when some of them have played five and some teams have played eight it doesn't make any sense why you're playing this competition from that point of view so um, again I don't know how 
some of these like deal did they really want to win the whatever what trophy was it again sorry the Kent Senior Trophy so that's like the knockoff version of the Kent Senior Cup <laughs> It must be knocking from his called trophy rather than cup, I suppose. So, um, from that point of view, yeah, I just, yeah, it's, well, I, I, it would be good to get something from the Kent FA on, really, to discuss these competitions, wouldn't it? To sort of say from, from what that would be, what is the most important thing to, is it the league or, or the cup competitions? But I, I presume there's various cup competitions can be played in the, uh, the scaffold as well. So, um, so it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, but good result for Winstable. My tip for the uh, top still... Uh, uh, five wins out of six so maybe they can be the side that goes through and they've got games in hand at the top so uh, still putting my money on Whitstable to do well in that division and if there is anyone from the Kent FA who would like to come on and, and talk, please please get in touch we'll give you the details at the end um, FA Vars this weekend there's, there's, there's a lot of games um, all, of, all those fixtures can be seen on the on the Skeffle website uh, but the pick of the ties is, is Sheppey United against Tunbridge Wells um, Tunbridge Wells obviously finalists in 2013 great day out of Wembley for them Um uh, the, the Vars will mean a lot to them. Their manager, Jason Bourne, was, was the captain at, that day at Wembley. They're going to want to want to try and go as far as they can into the competition, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know how strong they are compared to what they were in what, four years ago, what it was, five years ago from that point of view. Yep. Um, yeah, again, it's just getting momentum in that competition because you could be playing, I don't know, the next round, this could be a month away from that, and then you get some league momentum going from that point of view. Yeah, good luck to them from that point of view. I think, I think they probably should have a, enough. You know, Sheppey are uh, having a good start to the season as well, but they, don't, they won't want to go out early on in that competition, which has been so successful for them. Yeah, other games I've sort of picked out. You've got Deal at home to Hounslow on Saturday and then Canterbury, obviously, with the ground share there at home to Uckfield on Sunday. Um, Whitstable, your boys, are at home to Lansing. Chatham against Kensington. As I say, all, all the fixtures you, that, that you can see in that competition can all be found on the on the Scaffold website or the FA website. Um, I'm planning to go to Sheppey against uh, Tunbridge Wells as long as my sofas from DFS, uh, other furniture providers are available, uh, arrive in time. They're, they're supposed to be coming between 12 and 3, so I'm quietly confident. And I do only live about 10 minutes away from Sheppey United's ground, so... Um, I think that'll be a really good game, and it'll be nice to get there and and you know have a chat to some people from both those clubs and 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 feature them a bit in next week's show. Um, I think we've prattled on for long enough, Matt. I, I don't know if you've got anything you want to add at the moment. No, no, not at all. No, it's been a, a interesting few weeks coming up. I think for with the FA Cup, with our four sides going in plus the one that comes through, so it'll be an interesting few weeks for for Kent football. I think the next few weeks. Uh, a, a weekend off for you, which is obviously a, a bad news for Radio Kent and even worse news for Mrs. Gerard, I'd imagine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So all the kids, I've, when you've got young kids, normally it's, it's it's birthday parties and I've got two this weekend. So I'll be trawling around kids' play centres. So that's always good fun. Well, I hope you've got your phone with you to keep up on, on all <laughs> yeah, the yeah, scores because yeah. I can't imagine anything worse, do you? <laughs> Um, no, yeah. no, you go. That's the, the magic. Look along in the days we'll have to wait to get CFAX on the way home to find the scores out. So that's modern technology does have its benefits. It certainly does. Well, thank you everyone for listening once again. Um, so apologies that there's. It's just been me and Matt talking, but I hope we've managed to entertain you in some way, shape, or form. If you've managed to make it through to maybe thirty-nine minutes of this week's podcast, um, thanks ever so much for listening. It is really, we really, really do appreciate it. We're we're really enjoying doing the podcast and, and any feedback that we get from you guys is much appreciated. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Um, you can follow me personally at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, we're also on Facebook, Kent Only Podcast. 
Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes now, which is fantastic. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can always email us, um, which is johnphipps81 at outlook.com. Um, thanks ever so much for listening, and we shall see you next week.